listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. From the big screen to the small screen and everything in between, this is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hey guys, and welcome to the Screeners Podcast. I'm Melody. My name is Chris. And I'm Daniel. And we are back once again to talk all things media. Just three of us this time, but we have a packed episode for you guys. But before we get into our main review of Mission Impossible Fallout, we are going to go first to Jump Cuts. Cut, cut, cut. Jump Cut. For our first Jump Cut this evening, we have a big news item in the movie-going world that we need to talk about. As we all headed out to see... Mission Impossible Fallout this weekend, many of us moviegoers have this this fancy thing called Movie Pass. We've talked about it on the show before, uh, and you, you both have Movie Pass as well, right? I do. Melody does not. She never okay. got on that train. Okay. Well, basically, uh, I'll just give a brief recap of what Movie Pass is in case you haven't heard. Movie Pass is this fancy movie theater subscription service uh, where you can see unlimited movies, one per day, for one flat monthly rate. Um, and Movie Pass has been around for a few years. I had it back in 2016 when it was $25 a month. Uh, and then they kept skyrocketing the price, went 30, then 40, then 45, and 50. And finally, I just, I just dropped it because it got too expensive. But then last August, they were bought out by a new company and dropped their price to 10 bucks a month nationwide for unlimited mm. movies at, at any theater, at any time. Uh, and it so was one movie, one movie per day, though, One right? per day, or yes, was... I should say, yeah. Yeah, one okay. movie per day uh, at any theater, any time. So for people who see, it, honestly, if you see two movies a month, that's yeah. that's paid for right there. So it's a pretty awesome service. Uh, I mean, I saw it... it, it for me personally, it's helped me see movies that I wasn't even super into, but hey, it doesn't cost me anything extra. So it saved me tons of money. But the reason we're talking about it today is MoviePass died this weekend, or at least uh, it's showing signs of death. Yeah. Did you guys have any problems, or Chris, did you have any problems with MoviePass this weekend? Well, I didn't use MoviePass this weekend. I think this is one okay. of the big deals is that I've stopped. I've really stopped using it. I don't know why I pay for it anymore because uh, of it's it's so limiting uh, to me hmm. um, that I have just stopped using it altogether because I I don't live in a market where I can actually reserve my seat. Hmm. And for opening opening weekend movies, which is normally when I go see the film, is is that opening weekend. I don't want to leave that up to guesswork or get yeah. to a, a theater an hour early. So I haven't been using it all that much, but I have definitely checked in with the app as the debacle has been going down. And I have definitely seen that, you know, if I, if I had gone or if I want, had wanted to go to the theater, I wouldn't have been able to use it this weekend. It would have not worked. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So the limiting factor that you're talking about is the, the one of the downsides to MoviePass is that you, you have to buy your ticket that day. The day yes. that you want to use it, and you have to buy it while you're at the theater. Correct. And so for reserve seat theaters, that's kind of a deal breaker, depending on how busy the theater is or, or the showtime is. There there are a few, like um, in in Tampa, which is about 45 minutes north of me, there's a theater where you can actually reserve your seat uh, for movie pass. You, can, you don't right. have to actually do that. And that's very convenient. I've done that once or twice myself. But like I said before, you know, I am I'm a little bit of a... 
I'm picky. I don't like to, you know, get mm-hmm. late to a theater. I don't want to get a bad seat. And yeah. so I just end up paying the premium and I just use movie pass as kind of like my backup, like, Oh, it's Tuesday afternoon. Yeah. I want, I don't have anything to do. I'll use my movie pass today, I guess. Mm. That's the way I've been using it. Anyways. Yeah. I've, I've had, I've only used it that way a couple times, uh, for, for really big, like Avengers. I bought my ticket weeks in advance or star Wars, um, but, but other than that, I, I haven't had too much issue with it, but yeah, this weekend, basically, you know, the, the inherent issue with movie pass is that they're hemorrhaging money because right. they pay full price for, for every ticket that we buy, they reimburse right. the theater. Uh, so they're obviously just leeching money, just totally just, just losing it like crazy. And so finally this weekend, funny enough, I bought my Mission Impossible Fallout ticket using MoviePass, but what I did is I I went at like 10 a.m., I passed the theater on my way to work, so I swung in, bought my ticket for that night, and then went on to work, and then later that afternoon is when everything kind of hit the fan. Oh, man. And so I got my ticket right under the wire, I guess. Nice. Yeah, good job. Mission Impossible, you actually (laughs) succeeded. Good job. Exactly. And so uh, I guess over the weekend, they had to shut down, and they they got an influx of cash for for $5 million, another loan. But even with that loan, they have not come back online. So it seems like they're dying. And uh, we should mention that MoviePass has really disrupted the movie-going system uh, because we've seen Cinemark and AMC, two of the biggest theater chains, have come out with their own movie subscription services. Cinemark's is $8.99 a month for one movie ticket that month, which is kind of utterly silly. I don't understand why anybody would do that. (sighs) AMC's deal is actually really a great alternative to MoviePass. It's $19.99 a month for three movies a week. Uh, IMAX 3D, whatever you want, and reserve seating, and reserve and seating. reserve seating. So that's that's a pretty great uh, alternative. So, and also, I should also mention in that too, because I'm definitely thinking about doing that in that because I I use AMC is my nearest theater. I mm. use AMC's all the time, but you know they also give you all of the um what is it called the the, the all the stuff that comes along with their stubs stubs yeah. S- so you get stubs rewards as well as the A-list um, yeah. stuff. So it's actually quite a good deal it if is. you're going to go see two movies a month at least. Um, that's not a bad not a bad place to be. So I think I I may I may jump ship. Here. I am definitely thinking about jumping ship. My only issue I think that's a really good alternative. Uh, my only issue is I have basically there's there's only two AMC's in Vegas. Only one near me. One's on the other opposite end of town. And so it's really good, but it doesn't get really many indie movies, which I obviously see a ton of. And right. so I will definitely, if I get AMC uh, A-list, I will definitely still go to a Regal and Cinemark multiple times a month. So that's kind of a bummer to me, but it'll still end up saving me money. I can see any of the major, any of the major releases I, I can see using AMC A-list. So still and a really good see- deal. You can see IMAX in 3D right. again. Right, and that's that's pretty great. It's a really great deal. So basically what I'm trying to do is I'm just trying to wait and see right now. Right. If MoviePass raises their prices uh, to like 20 or even 30 bucks a month, I will still consider it because even though they have crappy customer service, um, it's still a better deal for me, you know, being able to go to all the theaters that have all the indie movies. So sure. that's a big deal for me. Or I want to wait and see if Regal has a subscription service that is similar to AMC because I have a lot of Regals in my area. So those are, I'm kind of just in a in limbo right now, trying to see what the next subscription is going to be. 
Well, you know, honestly, I, I've got another, you know, I just got my movie pass renewed for another month, right? Because it comes, it does right. it automatically. So I've got it for, and at least until what I think, uh, end, ending part of August. Okay. So I'll keep it at least until then. And then once that's up, I'll decide what I'm going to do, if I'm going to go to AMC or if I'm going to do anything else. But the AMC thing definitely appeals to me it's just great. because I want to see it in the best possible thing. So over the last several months... I have used my movie pass, yes, but oftentimes it's just because it, like I said before, it's in the afternoon, it's not the most ideal time, and I wouldn't have gone to see a movie, but because I had movie pass, I went ahead and did it yeah. anyway. But if I'm going to go see a blockbuster or something that I you know, want to see with friends and a group, because normally I see movies with groups of people, sure. I don't ever, now that we can reserve seats, reserve their seats and then I hold out because I've got movie pass and then go up uh, an hour before and expect to get a seat next to them. You know what I mean? So that, that, that's been kind of, but now I'd be able to do it. I'd be able to buy my seat with a list and then they can get their seats and we can all be together. And at least, you know, that, that sounds like a good plan to me. So that's probably what I'll end up doing anyway. Um, But right now, like you said, it'd be great if they look, if movie pass decides to increase their price, and still give us you know, all the options. I just don't think they can. And in fact, I'm just looking at a, you know, an article that just came out 45 minutes ago hmm. that I guess the CEO of MoviePass just announced that um, tickets to all the big upcoming movies will not be available Good on grief. the app. So Christopher <laughs> oh Robin, gosh. Christopher Robin, The Meg, um, Mission Impossible will obviously continue to not be available. So it sounds to me as though it, you know the places where they're going to hemorrhage the most money. They're not going to allow that to be even an option in the they app. Are so see, here's the thing with Movie Pass. I love the service that they provide, and like I said, they really disrupted the the movie going uh, industry in a, in a really positive way. I think, but man, I think as a company, they are just terrible. And this this whole yeah. uh, fiasco has really highlighted that they still have not come out with an official statement. By the way, about any of this, all they say is we're having technical issues. Well, technically, you're broke. That's the issue. And so I'm really, it's just uh, other companies should look to them and learn because look how to not communicate with your with your customers just tell us just be straight up with us and tell us what's happening. You know, what's insane is, is that even right now, you can go to the MoviePass website and sign up. Right, exactly. It's just, that is so irresponsible. That is so dishonest. It's, it's just, it's a mess. Like you said, you just paid for your next month, but you won't be able to use it. It's just, no. it's just a mess. Like, no, yeah, you're right. They, if they were broke, fine. I get it. I understand. Just tell me so I can move on. Or if you're going to raise the prices, tell me and I'll think about sticking around. But right now it's just this wait and see game is just making me hate them more. It's really frustrating. I am canceling my membership right now as we speak. <laughs> you know, I've actually on heard, the podcast. I've actually heard right some now. people uh, can't cancel. I, I, so I think. Oh, no. I'm curious to see if you can cancel or not. Okay, here we go. I'm, I'm, I'm going to click on it. I just clicked other live uh, as on my, the podcast <laughs> on the podcast. So they're, they're asking me my reason for cancellation. I'm clicking other type in right? you suck. <laughs> okay. I'm I'm typing that in. You suck! <laughs> Exclamation <Hooray>. point. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I won't do that. They've actually been one. Look, they this has been, been wonderful. wonderful. It's been a great experiment that we knew. We knew we were all on the Titanic, yes, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. And the iceberg is right there. The captain cannot write the <laughs> ship. It's going down. Leonardo DiCaprio and I, we've done our, you know, open hands on the on the bow of the ship. But the captain is it's, still it's, coming over the system to just say, oh, it's just a technical issue. 
<laughs> Hold on. Okay, so it says your account will remain active until the 20th of hmm. next month. Okay, okay? So, so you canceled then. Well, no, I haven't clicked that last. It's asking me, do I want to cancel it for sure or do I want to keep my membership? Here we go. Cancel membership. Membership canceled. Your MoviePass account will remain active until the end of my billing period. Okay. Well, there you go. All right. So so it worked. Okay. So but at now least here's, you, know here, you can cancel. Here's the other thing, too, that it just popped up, too, which kind of sucks because if they actually write the ship, they say you now – now that I've canceled, I cannot resubscribe to MoviePass for nine months. <laughs> That's so stupid. That, that is so nine stupid. months. So if they if they actually come back and actually have even a better deal, I can't even I can't do anything about it. So I'm now I'm I'm, I'm up a creek without a paddle. Well, but I've done it thing. anyway. I'm actually okay with that because what what I'm hoping happens is that they they take a week and reconsider obviously many people are going to be canceling their accounts right now. So they'll be losing a lot of customers, which means they'll be losing less money actually. Uh, And so they raise their price to 20 bucks or even 30 bucks. So more money coming in, fewer customers using the service. And I think maybe they might be able to survive at least for a little bit longer. Uh, Or, or here's what I feel like is going to happen. And, and, you know, we can set our predictions and then I'm going to be done here. But my prediction is this, that, um, what what did you mention that the theater chain is that you were waiting? I I say Regal comes in and buys MoviePass. Mm. They, they rebrand it MoviePass featuring Regal. Mm. And then they just use the, they use the branding because everybody knows what MoviePass is. So it would be super smart for one of these yeah. um, theater chains to come in and swoop up the brand name alone and re- rejig it so that it actually works for their. I mean, honestly, if Regal came in and bought MoviePass, called it MoviePass with, you know, powered by Regal or whatever it is, and then, you know, gave the, like you were saying, $15 a month, $20 a month that AMC is doing, or just undercut AMC just a little, right, yeah. like $17.99. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And suddenly, all, you know, you'd have something that's really. So that's my that's prediction. A great idea. That a, that's a really that good a, idea. That Regal or another one of these, you know, um, uh, theater chains comes in and just swoops up the brand name because if they're hemorrhaging money this badly, they're going to be looking for an out. And I have a feeling this is the best way for them to do that, just to sell off the the brand. That's a fantastic idea. I would love to see that happen. For all of you who have been using MoviePass, or if you've been considering using MoviePass, uh, let us know what you're going to do next. I know uh, Chad Guyton, he posted on Facebook today that he has officially signed up for AMC A-List. So yeah. uh, when he is back, he will let us know what his experience has been, uh, and we'll let you know what we do as well. All right, and now on to our next jump cut. You're listening to The Screeners Podcast. So this week, a new show premiered on Hulu. Uh, uh, it's a Stephen King. Well, is it is is it based on his material, or is it just inspired by his material? Mm, some of both. <laughs> okay, it's kind of a weird hybrid like that, but it's also it's produced by J.J. Abrams. So um, it's this kind of hybrid spooky uh, series. I'm not sure if it's a limited series or it's going to be continuing. But it premiered on Hulu, and so we have all watched at least some of it. Uh, I think three episodes are out in the world right now. Uh, what yep. did you guys think of Castle Rock? Well, I this has been a highly anticipated series for mm. me because I am a definite Stephen King fan. Um, and just the idea, a bit, basically the premise of this show is taking different pieces of the world that Stephen King has created um, in his body of work. Um, and making a new story with some of those pieces and places and people um, that exist in some of his other stories, which 
just on the face of it sounds like possibly the greatest idea in the history of ever also possibly one of the most terrible ideas in the history of ever um because most of stephen king's stuff does not translate well to screen however one of the coolest things about his work is how it all ties to each other so i had i had very high hopes for this series but also limited with my knowledge that probably most everyone would mess this up because it's Stephen King. So um, with that said, you, you want me to tell you what I think of it right now? Yeah, go for it. All right. I think it's great. I think it's a lot of fun. I don't think it is all the magic that it could be um, as far as Easter eggs from his original material. Um, but there is there is some of that and it's fun and it's cool. The opening sequence is pretty spectacular. Um but the story itself, like, I'm interested and I don't, I mean, I have to really be into a show to commit to watching um, TV these days. And so I'm definitely in. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what happens. It feels like Stephen King, but not, it feels like Stephen King light. Let me put it that mm. way, um, which is probably what it needs to be to effectively translate to television. It's not as weird and wacky as most of his stuff. The characters aren't quite as deep or strange, but there is enough intrigue and Stephen King-like weirdness to make it feel a little bit different, a little bit special. You can definitely, you know, see the J.J. Abrams thumbprint on it, which is very cool. Actually, a few thumbprints. So um, I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot. I'm excited to see where it goes, but it's not like changing my world as I might have <laughs> hoped it would be like if they had tied in the Dark Tower. Just saying. All right, there's my spiel. <laughs> Do you want to risk that again? We saw no, how that no, out I really year. probably don't. <laughs> All right, Chris, what do you think? Yeah, you know, I'm a huge J.J. Abrams fan from way back. Uh, he, I, I really like his stuff uh, quite a bit, and you know, K- Stephen King, I, I've, I, I enjoy his sensibility, his weirdness, his level of just terror, and you know that 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 weird icky feeling you get that he is so good at um, at conveying. And I think this this show does exactly that. You know, there are, of course, puzzle pieces that we see out of order that seem like weird and strange. But already we've watched the first three episodes together already. It's doing a pretty good job of telling a cohesive story of putting the puzzle pieces together and still wanting you wanting to to know more. Unlike Lost, where, you know, you you would watch that show and wonder. So are there actual supernatural things happening? Are there actual is this actually i feel like we're already the universe is already beginning to take shape and we understand some confines that yes this is this is a very strange world that that castle rock is building there are people that have abilities there are strange events that occur and we're fairly certain they're they're supernatural in 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 origin and so there it's it's i think doing a pretty good job of asking questions, giving you little bits of the answer, and still making me feel as though I know that we're going to a place that we're going we're going to get somewhere with it. And um, I'm enjoying the characters. I think the acting is fantastic. Cinematography. This the show looks really good. Um, you know, it's definitely not a network television show. A lot of Stephen King stuff. In order to translate it well, it has to 
look very weird on the screen. I think it looks good here. This looks very cinematic, shot well, acted well. The story seems to be going someplace. And so for me, I'm in. I'm, I think I'm going to continue to watch. Hulu is doing a really good job, I feel like, of these interesting uh, strange things, you know, with uh, Handmaid's Tale, they've done a really good job there of, of creating a, a universe. Castle Rock is a very similar kind of like really not icky feeling, but like just, oh, what is, is they've done a really good job in this horror. I don't want to go there place uh, a, a series that they're, they're coming out with. So um, for me, Castle Rock is, is a thumbs up. I'm enjoying it and I'll continue to watch. So here's my thing with Ca- Castle Rock. I watched only the pilot. And I really don't have anything bad to say. It's very interesting. It's beautifully shot. Really excellent cast. It's really, really well cast. Yeah. My my problem is, again, just from the pilot, it, yeah. it, it has no story. I had no story. It's a collection of mysterious things. Um, I felt that the pilot is designed to make the viewer just go, huh, what does that mean? Very reminiscent of another show we've already named name dropped, Lost. The first two seasons of Lost are some of the best ever made, but they are, just like this, uh, really some of the easiest thing in the world to do narratively, which is just create odd things that make the viewer curious uh, and say, what does that mean? But in the end, ultimately means nothing. And so that's, I couldn't shake that feeling throughout the whole pilot is that I, hmm. I felt like it was just, let's just confuse the viewer and make them ask, what does this mean? And that it wasn't actually going to mean anything. Huh. Now that's just on the pilot, so I don't know if the yeah. next two episodes made you made you guys feel better than that. I don't disagree with you at all. I think the pilot is very much that way, and in my opinion, that's probably why they released the first three. Because sure. by the end of the second, you're very clear what the story is, and by the end right. of the third, you're you're totally in, and it doesn't feel it doesn't feel disjointed at all. But I no. can definitely see if you'd only watched the first one, um, how it would feel that way, and I'm I'm sure that's why they released all three at once. Well, that's a good point. I mean, maybe I'll, maybe I'll give the other two episodes a try to see if if I'm wrong on that. Then, yeah, I would say that the first three are actually the pilot. Like, yeah. I, I, by the, by the end of the third episode, I was definitely like, oh, okay, all right. Really, by the end of the second, you're you're there. The third yeah, is just continuing. The third just fills it out though, yeah. and you understand people's roles yeah. and why they were acting so strange in the very first episode. That's true. And you're like, why is that person do? Oh, okay. I get it now. So yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, I'm not going to have to wait eight seasons to see the backstory right. of why this is happening okay. because I'm seeing it in episode two. That's awesome. You guys are very are making me a lot more confident in watching because that was my biggest thing is I just didn't want to waste my time. If this was yep. not going to go anywhere uh, like Lost, mm-hmm. you know, because it's not it be, looking fantastic and being excellent, having an excellent cast. That's all fantastic. And I really appreciate that. But I want to make sure it's going somewhere. So I mean, it definitely it definitely feels like it's t- I understand understand what you're saying the first episode feels like it might be telling three or four different stories yeah um that's all one story like okay. it, it by, by the, the end of this the one we just finished i i everything is connected everything is is moving towards one point yeah. so that's a, and that's a good you thing. know even though you haven't seen every part of the backstory play out you at least know what characters know the backstory so you know you're gonna see it it's not like and you've seen enough to be invested in it as one storyline. Right. So give it okay. a try, yeah, Daniel. I, All right. I, yeah, I think I think I think at least the next two like if you don't like it by the end of the third episode or even by the end of the second episode, probably, you you probably won't like 
the rest of it. I mean, I've, well, we've only seen the first three, so sure, I can't. Sure. But I think if you enjoy it, I think you're going to be in, in in for the in for the full series. I can't imagine that you wouldn't be. But All right. we'll see. Fair enough. I, I think I really will give give those next two episodes a try, and we'll see if I like it. All right. With that, we will move into our main review of Mission Impossible Fallout. You had a terrible choice to make in Berlin. One life over millions. And now the world is at risk. This is the CIA's mission. If he had held on to the plutonium, we wouldn't be having this conversation. His team would be dead. Yes, they would. That's the job. You don't understand what you're involved in. You need to walk away. Please don't make me go through you. All right, the IMDb description of Mission Impossible Fallout is as follows. Ethan Hunt and his IMF team, along with some familiar allies, race against time after a mission gone wrong. Mm. That is as, you know, nebulous as uh, as possible. Um, so, Mission Impossible Fallout, this is the fifth? Sixth. Sixth Mission Impossible movie. My goodness, this has been going on for quite a long time. Um, all right, I'm excited. I love this series so much. It's one of my, I think it probably is one of my favorite franchises that's just continuing to, I feel like, improve. So I cannot wait to hear what you guys thought of Mission Impossible Fallout. So Melody, what did you think of Fallout? All right. Well, I'm excited to be back on the podcast so that I could have some opinion about Mission Impossible <laughs> Fallout. Uh, okay. Overall, this was grand fun. It was goofy, amazing Mission Impossible fun that I have loved this franchise since the beginning. I will always have a special place for it in my heart. And this one in particular had some like seriously solid action sequences that you know you you expect to see them but still they're they're wonderful when they're on the screen and you're enjoying them so i i enjoyed the movie a lot it was a lot of fun i really liked how they tied in the characters which we won't get too far into spoilers but i i liked the character arcs in this particular film quite a lot um, it was nice to see some of the things that they did. It made my my story heart happy. <laughs> I just have to say, you know, Tom Cruise has really let me down the last couple films. That <laughs> you swore off his films, I, I FYI. Did. I was pretty much, he was definitely on my bad list. Um, I, okay, maybe this is where I will say this point. For the first mm, 20-ish minutes of this film... He was still solid on the bad list. I was really disappointed <laughs> with the first two scenes of this film. Like, so much so that I had kind of given up on this being anything good. And I was, it was just really, really, really disappointing first two scenes of the movie. And I was pretty much like, all right, well, this, the, he's now killed Mission Impossible and I hate him forever. That's what's Whoa. happening. But Whoa. hey, he has made some really poor film choices lately. Uh, but he, he well, the whole thing redeemed itself. I'm not going to say it was all him. But I just, this guy is Ethan Hunt. Ethan Hunt is Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is Ethan Hunt. He literally thinks he is this guy. And I would just want to say, like, every time I see a Mission Impossible movie, and this movie may be the most of all, like, I just feel exhausted for this guy. <laughs> I just feel like 
I he's just giving every piece of his physical self possible to this role and it is just really fun to watch. But when he's running, like <laughs> the running scenes of Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible movies have always amused me and tired me out. But this one in particular, he has a running scene that's just I mean, I don't even understand how that guy <laughs> runs that fast. It's just funny and also awesome. So, anyways, overall, I have more to say, but Overall, I really enjoyed the movie, and I'm glad that the first 20 minutes was not indicative of the entire film. All right. There you have it. Good. All right, Daniel, how about you? I know you're a huge fan. I don't know. I don't know if you're a huge fan or not. (laughs) What what did you think of Fallout, man? I am a huge fan of the Mission Impossible series. Oh, good. I I was right. Okay. I think these – I mean, who isn't? I think these movies have consistently gotten better and better. It's remarkable that we're at the sixth installment. Tom Cruise has been has been starring in these movies since 1996. Oh my god. 96. That's awesome. I mean, that is insane. And what's even more insane is that we're at the sixth one here. It's the best one yet. This is the best Mission Impossible movie yet. Uh, and I, I really can't believe it. I, this is easily one of the best action movies in a very long time. It is absolutely pure adrenaline. First and foremost, this movie doesn't look like other blockbusters. Uh, everything feels so real, and, and that's probably because it's 90% real or more. I mean, Tom Cruise, he doesn't have a stunt double. He does every stunt here that you see. And so because of that, everything feels so real, so mind-blowing. Uh, and th- th- so, like I said, this action is just off the chain. And so th- the bathroom fight scene that you've seen in, like, all the trailers, one of the best fight scenes of all time. Without exaggeration, I feel very comfortable saying that's one of the best fight scenes in film history. Um, it is gripping and um, really intense and creative with the way it's executed. So it's fantastic. There's so many other scenes I could talk about um, from an action standpoint, skydive scene, uh, many others. But I do want to be clear that Fallout is more than just incredible action. I think more than other Mission Impossible movies so far, this movie cares about story. And even more importantly, it moves the characters in big ways. I think this movie gives us um, really important depth to the characters' motivations and the way that they relate to other characters. This is the first kind of true sequel out of all of these. Most of the Mission Impossible movies have... Uh, just kind of been standalone pieces and that's fine there's nothing wrong with that because they're they're really excellent but this one feels so much deeper because it's it's kind of a sequel to mission impossible three and five it it, it really directly uh, is impacted by the plots of those films so i really really love this movie a lot like i said i think uh the first i've seen it twice now uh the the first time i saw it I knew I loved it, uh, but I wasn't sure if it was my favorite Mission Impossible movie or not. And uh, after I watched it the second time, it was cemented. This is my favorite Mission Impossible movie. And some people might think that uh, this is just more of the same. They might complain that it's more of the same. This is the sixth one. We've seen this all already. And you're right. It is more of the same. Uh, I can't deny that at all. But it's it's more of something totally astounding uh so i love this movie and i think it's the best of the series and i can't wait for more mission impossible well i'm right there with you in this praise guys um i can't say anything bad about it i walked out and i i just i i love this franchise it is incredible to see as you were mentioning tom cruise do this stuff like actually jump 
from one rooftop to another. Uh, he learned to fly a helicopter for this movie. He learned <laughs> so that they could get a camera on the outside of the helicopter and don't you don't see anybody else in there but him. He's actually that's insane. That is an, crazy. It's just this is spectacle on eleven. If you are a fan of spectacle films, this is not going to win an Academy Award for acting. Sure, but if you enjoy seeing just like not silly, stupid, turn your brain off action, but actually thrilling, smart, well done, just uh, amazing action set pieces. You're going to love this movie. There isn't anything like this. Um, and, you know, it's true. It, it doesn't look like a green screen, you know, craziness. Uh, you, whenever they do use a green screen, it's actually pretty good. There's a there's a couple sequences on a motorcycle that were pretty pretty fake. Um, but other than that, I mean, there, there's really just some really great, just real, uh, practical effects in this film that you don't see that often anymore. And it's just dialed up to 11 on every single level. The, the, the newcomers here, you know, you mentioned this is a direct sequel. So there are a lot of returning faces. We've got Tom Cruise and Ving Rhames, Simon Pegg's back, Rebe- Rebecca Ferguson from the last film, as well as, Michelle Monaghan, you know, all these characters that we're really familiar with. Alec Baldwin is back. And then, you know, even the, 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 it's so interesting. The bad guy, this, the, the, it's all the, it's just really kind of nuts that they have decided to do that because the Mission Impossible films up until this point have been so uh, truncated. They've just been, mm-hmm. you know, you know kind of like James Bond films and that, you know, there's a beginning, a middle, and end. And then sometimes they might reference some, little pieces, but it really, one doesn't have an impact on the other. And this one really does, which gives gravity to what happened in the ones totally. before, which is really good to, to, for a film to make another movie retroactively even better. That's a, that's a pretty high statement to say. And I think fallout does make mission impossible three and mission impossible five and parts of mission impossible four even better because of what you learn in in Fallout, especially some some relational, um, like how things are working relationship wise, um, and so I just I really think they did a great job here. The, but the newcomers as well, Angela Bassett does a great job here, and of course Henry Cavill's mustache does a really good <laughs> job bringing in a great performance that we all were expecting, we knew was coming. No, but I think Henry Cavill's actually really good here. He's great, and it, it's it's kind of fun to see him not quite so stoic uh, as he is when he plays Superman. So it's nice. It's it's good to see him with a little bit more character and, and uh, having a little bit more fun here. So for me, I don't know. I think this might be my favorite movie of the summer. What else mm. came out this summer? Uh, Ready Player One, maybe right that up there. That was March even. That wasn't even the summer. But. Yeah. So I guess, I guess honestly, this might be my favorite movie of the summer. It really, it's great. And I, I need to go see it again. I've only seen it once, but um, I can't wait to see it again. So I guess that's my highest praise is that I want to see this movie multiple times. Unfortunately, oh, yeah. I'm not going to be able to use MoviePass for it. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> right. It is what yeah. it is. I agree. I think this is easily Henry Cavill's uh, best performance. I think he kind of chooses pretty crappy roles. Superman, he's just extremely stoic, and there's not much going on with it. So it's not an amazing performance, and he's not really in- I liked him in Man from Uncle. Melody, you liked him yeah, in Man from Uncle, right? I did. Melody really likes those two those two actors. Those two. I liked him in that movie a lot. That was a great movie. <laughs> she just she liked the, the 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 lead actors in that movie. She was a huge huge fan. No, but like you know, I yeah, I think he's a very similar feeling uh, in Man from Uncle in this, in that you know, he's like the 
quintessential American spy, right? Right. Uh, which is funny because he's what uh, British, Australian, yeah, British, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Tom Cruise was originally supposed to star Man from Uncle. That's the the other funny thing. Oh, but, huh, interesting. Yeah, but I do think I think it's his best Henry Cavill's best performance. He really adds uh, another level to the team. So I think it, uh, he's a really interesting character. Yeah, totally. And then I think Sean Harris, who who was the villain in Rogue Nation, the last movie, I, I just I think he is fascinating. Uh, not that there's necessarily so too much depth to his character, uh, but the way he plays it is just so weird like his voice is just so strange and i think that's his real voice and so it's just he, he's really unique so i thought he was it was great to bring him back totally totally yeah absolutely and he, he plays a really good hannibal lecter type yeah. just evil he's just totally. evil there's no there's no, you know what i mean like it, there's no if ends or buts he's not trying right. to you know be a good good guy do bad things for good you know whatever it is no 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 it's not muddy like that he is just a bad dude um and but that serves the plot so well i mean it, it's yeah. great it's great and vanessa kirby from the crown she plays what's her like the white rabbit is that what her uh character's name is in this the white widow white, white widow widow not white rabbit uh That's white the ra- widow. rabbit's foot from uh from mission impossible 3 you're trying to <laughs> there you go uh, yeah, I her think- character, and when we get spoils, her character has an interesting thread into the other movies too, um, which I, I I'm pretty sure I heard. And I'm gonna have to talk to you about it just to make sure that I heard that line correctly. But um, I'm 90 percent sure it actually ties back to Mission Impossible One. Um, so there's that. So hmm, I actually don't know what you're talking about. So yeah, oh, we'll dive no! into that in spoilers. Okay, yeah, no, definitely we need to talk about it because oh man, okay, I need to go. Just I'm gonna go uh, Google right now just to make sure <laughs> that before I say this to all of you, maybe I misheard it. But uh, yeah, so there's a lot of threads back to those past Mission Impossible movies and. Uh, uh, the other thing you said, uh, you said some some shots on a motorcycle that didn't look great. I I thought every single shot, except for when he crashes, I thought every shot of that bike chase was amazing. Going going around the um uh the the Arc roundabout, yeah, that was, oh, that the only was totally one that, real. Uh, okay all right maybe maybe it was i just him the the cars is what i mean like him coming so close to those cars i i just it looked like they were cg cars but maybe i'm no way incorrect 100 real Uh, all right they've already done a featurette on it it's nuts Uh, i yeah okay all right all right sweet (laughs) i don't believe it okay i'll have to check it out if if honestly they shot that for real and it looked fake hey that's my bad but i mean i I'm, I'm I'm impressed. I mean, I'm definitely definitely impressed that all that stuff that they've done. It's it's really incredible. It's pretty crazy. Uh, I'm curious to hear if you guys have them offhand. How do you how do you rank the Mission Impossible films? Oh man, that's so interesting. So we um, have that we have Mission Impossible, which is the first one. Yes. Uh, MI two, MI three, Ghost Protocol, Rogue Nation, and Fallout. You know. Uh, I'd probably do Fallout, Mission Impossible 3, Rogue Nation, um, Ghost Protocol, the original, and then Mission Impossible 2. What? Okay. That's probably where I'd go. Interesting. Interesting. I do not agree. <laughs> wow. Well, that was just off the top of my head. I, I, mean, I haven't like given them? this any thought, so excuse me. So go ahead. So we're starting with our favorite? Sure. Yeah. All right. I'm sorry, but uh, the original Mr. Impossible will always be my favorite. You all are crazy. Wow. Really? Second, okay. though, I will tell you my second favorite is this one. I'm really, okay. that's not even, that's very true. After that, I'm going to go to hmm, Rogue Nation, Rogue Nation, then Bro- Ghost Protocol, then three, then two. 
That's okay. my ranking. Wow. All right. So I say Fallout is is the best. Then Ghost Protocol, Rogue Nation, Mission Impossible Three, Mission Impossible, and the second one is garbage. You're almost you're second almost in order. Good. You're almost in order there. That's hilarious. Yeah. It, yeah. It really <laughs> is. And the the crazy thing is that Mission Impossible Three is an absolutely amazing movie. I, and I have I, it ranked at number four. I mean, I that's just it. crazy. <laughs> I just like Mission Impossible 3. Is, I, I just think it's a great film. Just because that rabbit's foot thing just still yeah. blows me away. That they, I just I love it. I think it's great. And Mitt Phil Seymour Hoffman is easily the best villain of the whole yeah, franchise. That's true. But uh, but that's what I'm saying is how how is a movie that good, in my opinion, only the fourth best? I mean, this series is crazy at how good these films have gotten. It's really yep. insane. I agree. Yep. I agree. I agree. Yep. It'll be interesting to see what they do as, you know, Tom Cruise turns 60. You know what I mean? So I hope, well, I th- I'm pretty certain we'll get at least one more with Tom Cruise for, for sure. Cause he's not, he's not anywhere close to being done. But my hope is that they pass the reins on to somebody else and turn it almost into, uh, the American James Bond, just kind of pass it off to the next person and, well, that's uh, what I thought they were going to do. What they were going to do with four. Oh, yeah, with Jeremy Renner. Yeah, they were going to do With Jeremy Renner. And yeah. then Tom Cruise is like, nah, I got like 10 years <laughs> yeah. left in me. It's so funny. <laughs> they were going to do that with Jeremy Renner for this, and they were going to do that with Jeremy Renner for Born. They gave him his own that's movie, and that's true. bombed. <laughs> well, maybe they'll give yeah. it to uh, to Henry Cavill's mustache. Maybe <laughs> maybe that will be the next. I, I love how they that. totally could have shaved that mustache. They Absolutely. Totally that had nothing to do with anything. <laughs> they, they just knew like, no, 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 no. We, we need to make things more difficult on oh, that on man. that Superman movie. I love oh, it. Oh, that's rough. All right. So as our, you know, we don't have a normal kind of rating system here on the screeners, but here it is. What we do is we decide to rate things on how we should see the movie. So should you see it in the theater? Should you wait until you can rent it? Should you wait till you should you can stream it on a service you already pay for, or should you just skip it all together? Uh, Melody, what do you think? Where do you rate this movie? I think I know what you're going to say, but absolutely see it in the theater. And yeah. this is one of the few, the very few, where I would personally go go like if I had the time, I would go see it again in the theater just because I want because it's just so great. What are we doing tomorrow? Okay, <laughs> Daniel, I say absolutely theater worthy you should i've seen it twice you should see it on a huge screen even if your movie pass is dead don't just go back home pay money to see it it's worth every single penny this is one of the best action movies in a very long time i fully agree absolutely see it in the biggest screen the best way you possibly can i want to see this in imax so bad um yeah it's awesome. It's really good stuff. All right, let's go ahead and move on in to spoilers. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Well, you look nervous. Is it the scars? You want to know how I got them? In the dream, I knew that he was going on ahead. He's fixing to make a fire somewhere out there in all that dark and all that cold. And I knew that whenever I got there, he'd be there. Then I woke up. So I just looked up online to confirm what I thought that I heard, mm-hmm. and I did hear what I thought I heard. And mm-hmm. this is this is really, really exciting to me because I love the first movie as well. Even though I rated it so low on my list, I still I love that movie. Um, but um, so in the first movie, do you remember there's a plot point um, involving Job 3, um, 14, uh, or Job 
whatever it is. Uh, and he goes visits an arms dealer named Max in the first movie. Do you I remember this? vaguely remember. I don't. I, I haven't seen that the one in lady. like a year. It's the lady. The lady that he. The lady they, in the first movie. The yeah that he meets and tools okay. around the the well the the blonde lady in the new movie is her daughter. Because um, she mentions Max as being her mom in this movie. She's talking with a group of people when Tom Cruise walks in. She goes, I know you all remember my mother, Max. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's Max from the. There's no way that, they're, that they would say that without it being. And that's what it is. She is the daughter huh. of the, 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 the gal who, like, basically shields Ethan Hunt from um, the government in the first movie. So that's, that's kind of kind of cool it's pretty awesome is what that is yeah i had no idea and they don't even mention it any there's not it's not even a big but you can see and if you see it again if you were listening to this you go see it again tom cruise has a moment of when she says max mm-hmm. he has a moment of like whoa wait a minute i know max this is max's daughter and so he treats her a little bit differently because of that i i think that's pretty it's pretty cool that's a pretty cool little easter egg that maybe wow. not everybody sees or even yeah. notices but i definitely did and uh, i'm excited that i got it right that i actually cool. heard what i thought i heard so anyway that's cool all right so any other um spoilers obviously we should talk about henry cavill right yes. i mean that's kind of one of the so who didn't see that coming Okay, good. It's it's pretty obvious. That's the thing. Um, it's I don't think it's treated as a twist. I mean, they no, telegraphed it right. really early on with the cell phone. So, right. Uh, Correct. But but I think it works even with not having that gigantic twist. It still really it works really well. I I enjoyed the the biggest quote unquote twist was the moment right before he actually really turns on them, um, and that is when they've got the the big bad guy. Um, sequestered off and then they do the switch with simon Pegg, and you didn't so realize good. that 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 was a good that was a good quote-unquote twisty moment with the the face mask so that's all that obviously great. like was his, it yes oh, it was it. it was truly of course I'm we saw not it saying coming. i didn't of course. love it but i'm not i don't know that i could call that a twisty moment it was smart then. people doing smart things i yeah. thought so okay, i all right okay because I, I leaned i mean you know because when i was watching the movie you know, I, the moment I was watching with some, a friend who was sitting right next to me, and I, I, you know, as soon as the, they walked in the same room together, I'm like, oh, you know what's happening here. You know what I mean? Like, you know it's happening, but I just think it's fun to be able to watch these characters as is stated afterwards when Alec Baldwin's character walks in. He just says, you guys are having way too much fun here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that is what it is. It's all, we're, we're just having way too much fun. So good. And I loved uh, the the other, not not twist, but when they're at the cap, camp in Kashmir and Julia walks up with her husband, or not with her husband, she just walks up and sees them. That was so That good. was great. That was so a great good. moment. Yeah, I wish yeah. I wouldn't have seen the trailer for this movie. I know. Because it gives That's away all thing. that stuff because it has, she, you know, every scene that she's in the trailer has her with the, that logo, the whatever the yep. World Relief Organization right. logo on, and I'm a logo person. I notice those details, and so like I knew that she was going to be there. I just it was kind of a bummer. I I really do wish I would have skipped the trailer on this. That one. said, I, I agree with you. It, it had some spoiler spoilery moments, but we we haven't mentioned the fact that the first trailer for this movie is one of it's, the best trailers I have ever seen. It's so good. It's, so it's a work of pure art. I couldn't believe how good that is, even though it's got some spoilers in it. It does have quite a number of spoilers in it. Um, let's see. What else do we want to talk about? I mean, the ending obviously is, you know, insane. Um, the the helicopter sequence yeah. flying through, like I said before, Tom Cruise learning how to fly a helicopter just so that they could get some of the shots there. That was I mean, really thrilling. Yeah, it was super cool. Super cool. Anything else that we want to 
say before? None I lo- of you guys were annoyed by the first two scenes. Seriously. No, Didn't bother not at me at all. What, what nope. annoyed you? Nope. We're so stupid. Why Why do we have to see three bumbling idiots in a parking garage losing the <laughs> plutonium or whatever it was? Like, they're never that stupid. Why are they all that stupid in that scene? And then it goes from there to the wolf whoever news anchor thing it was just okay i think this is why it really bothered me i was seeing the movie with someone who i know this is really awful but someone who hadn't seen any mission impossible movies (laughs) and so like after those two scenes have happened she leans over to me and is like this guy's an idiot and i'm just like no he's not this is a terrible portrayal of of ethan hunt like you don't understand anything and it was just really the parking garage scene bothered me so much that was just such a disappointing way to start all of the fun that ensued like i just, I, I i don't okay. understand i will agree with you i th- i was very shocked at how they could lose that plutonium. Obviously I understood that, okay, they need to lose it so that the whole rest of the plot can keep going. Sure. But I agree. That was pretty weak because so he would, weak. they were just like, Oh, where's the plutonium? It's mm-hmm. gone. Like he, he would have known exactly where the plutonium was at all times. So He's I, freaking I, Ethan Hunt. Yeah, He's a that. genius. They're masters of like trickery. And what does he do? He just leaves it on in the parking garage. I was, I was so mad. I was really upset. Wow. Okay. I'll this give you that. That's, fair but i thought the cnn thing was pretty good i thought that was good this is some some interesting nitpicks you're picking some nits okay picking some mission impossible you come to mission impossible to see fun trickery and twists and crazy action and ethan hunt being awesome and instead what we see is a dark boring parking garage with a couple guys with guns and ethan hunt being an idiot and for what reason you're supposed, no reason no except you're su- to start excuse me let me let me let me let me defend the scene you're supposed to get from the scene that he would be willing to give up yes. the world for a friend like you they- know what we could we could write a scene like that that didn't have him being an idiot okay all right i, I will the the thing that i did like about that scene is exactly what you just mentioned chris i i think it was a really great way to show that he's not going to kill his or let his friends be killed and then it, it turns that into a weakness um and so i think that was pretty good but i do concede melody's point i think it was pretty weak so cuz and then later on in the film there's this whole sequence where you see him murder a police or about to murder a police officer and as it turns out it's just like a you know an actual Mm -hmm. fake out he's actually just thinking about it he knows like so his his willingness to defend the innocent uh willingness to you know defend his friends that's just kind of what it and i i whatever the the scene i didn't bother me at all it's literally just the the kickstart so that the movie can start. You know what I mean? Like sure. it's just the beginning. And then I actually I really like that sequence with Wolf Blitzer. Um, I do too. I think that movie, that, I think that that sequence was wonderful. It was so mission impossible and so much, um, a callback to the original mission impossible movie because that the, the first sequence in mission impossible was them doing something very similar a person laying, um, in uh, a bedside, they had uh, an antidote. They weren't sure if they were going to give him the antidote or not, and they needed a piece of information. And then he pulls off the mask, and the 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 all of the 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 walls fall around him. It's just a great Mission Impossible moment, and I just I adore it. I I think it's wonderful. 
think it's wonderful. Your cold, cold heart. <laughs> I don't have a cold heart. I've seen it before. It was it was obvious what was going on, and it was stupid. Yeah, it, it wasn't stupid. It was of course it was obvious going on you're supposed to know what's going on you know that they know what what's never mind whatever well my friend who had never seen any mission impossible movies just thought tom cruise was the worst actor ever because obviously he's acting terribly in that scene anyways that scene would have been fine if it had come off an awesome sequence but no parking garage buffoons <laughs> all right okay what else do, what <laughs> that's the only problem you had this movie is i that... still love this movie so so much oh good okay my goodness i i was i wasn't sure after that glowing review of the first i told you i was very discouraged at the beginning yeah. i was really uh satisfied with the ending i think the way that they I, honestly i think this they could have made this a final installment had they wanted to i think it would have worked really well Mm -hmm. because they really closed the chapter on julia so well and then kind of opened the door for ilsa you know for the kind of budding romance there Mm -hmm. i thought the way they handled those two relationships was great and really really like emotional uh which which doesn't often happen with mission impossible movies yeah i agree so much i all of that character stuff was just so solid and not I mean, it's not that I'm not used to seeing them do a good job with the characters, but this felt like a whole new level of like mm-hmm. depth of storytelling that I was just really, really happy with for sure. Totally. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed all of that. The fact that, you know, you understood his his relationship with his wife, that there's still love and caring there and that, you know, that she's happy. All that stuff was just was really good. I love the relationship building here and with the other characters as well. Ving Rhames, you still feel like, you know, they're a huge part of the team because it's Ving and Tom Cruise. They're the the crew that were, were you know, at the end of the first film. They're, they've mm-hmm. been together since the very beginning. And Simon Pegg being brought in on the third film. And just it's just really they just feel like a family. You know what I mean? It's really it's really good. It's it's quite it's quite a good thing. So I love it. I love yep. it. I love it. So good. All right. So I think we've poured enough praise on this film. Uh, if you haven't seen it, you definitely should. We've ruined the movie for you. But, you know, <laughs> if you haven't seen it, you should still see it. Uh, it's 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 a great it's a great time. You, it really you can't is. even ruin that awesomeness. You, no, so no, you good. have to see it. You really so do good. have to see it. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for joining us on this episode of the Screeners Podcast. Again, please visit our Facebook page and comment on this post. We'd love to hear what you thought of Mission Impossible Fallout. What did we miss? What did you not like about the movie? And again, follow us on Twitter at ScreenersCast. We'll see you next time. Peace. And that's a wrap. You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to ScreenersPodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.